We watch a movie, maybe read a book, or look at some kind of art. And we talk about it together and say lots of interesting things, and one of those things is our favorite parts. This is Favorite Parts with Allison and Trey. Hi, Trey. Hey, Allison. Welcome back to the Favorite Parts podcast. So good to see you again. Great to see you, as always. Um, Mm -hmm. All right. We're in our education season. Just launched. That's right. Get excited. (laughs) After doing a confessional diary of an episode, the first, (laughs) the last episode. (laughs) I think it's like a personal preview, you know, explaining who we are, where we're coming from with these conversations. That's right. That's right. I like that. Little grounding, little context. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, and today we're going to talk about Abbott Elementary, the hot new ABC hit sitcom. <laughs> Abbott Elementary, storming right. the Nielsen ratings. Um, mm, storming, yeah. Storming. All right, Trey, what's Abbott Elementary about? Give us a quick sum. So, yeah, uh, for anyone who hasn't seen it yet, uh, Abbott Elementary is an ABC workplace style uh, sitcom that follows a group of teachers at a Philadelphia neighborhood school um, here in the city. And it's founded by or created by Quinta Brunson, who is an actual Philadelphia native who went through um, Philadelphia schools. Um, so yeah, it's like done in the style and graduated of from Temple. The who, who? Oh, wait, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. And it's done in the style of like kind of like Really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I'm basically famous. <laughs> anyway, it's sorry. It's, it's done great. in the no. style of. It's kind of like a mashup between The Office and Parks and Rec. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. both in terms of interplace, inner inner workplace dynamics, but also just like, you know, the schlepping of the day to day existence of like you know government workers, so to speak, or public sector workers. Yeah. And I think similar to the office, they do acknowledge, like in the first episode, Ava, the principal says, this is a film crew I brought in, brought in yeah. to, they're doing a documentary about underfunded public schools. And so I forgot about that. they acknowledge that the cameras are there kind yeah. of the same way the office did. Right. That's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. I did actually. Forget so I rewatched that. the first episode to refresh my memory. Mm, so smart of you i try sometimes yeah um all right trey any like any what are your what are your what do you want to talk about this is like um, i will just say in we both live in philadelphia in philadelphia this is true. like the show like yeah everyone likes the show except for one grumpy teacher who that we'll talk about <laughs> later um, yeah. I'm and, ass face. yeah <laughs> like <laughs> As the as the listeners may know, I work at city council and city council like did a resolution honoring Abbott Elementary <laughs> as this like great television show. It is like the talk of the town. Um, Peak city council. Side note for anyone not living in Philadelphia, yeah. we have a shooting oh. spree happening here in the city. <laughs> and that's why we have to appreciate things like Abbott Elementary. Anyway, okay. It wasn't my council member. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> Um, anyway, Abbott Elementary, I just want to say, like, it's people love it, and yeah. it's set in Philadelphia, written by someone from Philadelphia. It's like all the things Philadelphians love about yeah. the show. Uh, but yes, so I feel like there is a lot of love for this show in general. I personally am 100% participating. 
and the love for the show. But Trey, what are what are your thoughts? Do you like it? Do you hate it? So I've like grown to the 100% participation. Right. I watched the pilot episode and was like, my honest thing was like, uh, this is like cheesy and okay. like corny in a lot of ways. But but I will say too, like I said to a lot of my friends that uh, I'm glad that someone has both network wise and creator wise had carved out space for like innocuous, corny, like black TV. Mm. Like it's mm. very much, you know, it's black in creation, it's black in orientation, it's very black, I think, in cast and audience. Yeah. And uh, and I, I think there's, I like that. Like, you know, as somebody who tends to like much more like kind of quote darker and serious things, it's, it was a little challenge for me at first to kind of embrace the show. But now I've like watched all the episodes and I, I, I like sincerely love the show. Oh, that's such a nice I story, do. Trey. Um, yeah, it's really great. I remember because they released the first episode many months before they were like relaunched the show. Yeah. So I watched the first show, the first episode with my mom, who is a Philadelphian and who yeah. has literally had my childhood. I was just brainwashed to love Philadelphia. Like mm-hmm. every, anytime a Philadelphia artist was on the radio, I was like, they're from Philly. And it was like, <laughs> yeah. you know. The 90s Boys to Men was just like, she had the most <laughs> Philly CD. It was being played very regularly in our home. Uh, yeah. Like Ben Franklin was the person I was doing my historical reports about because he was like the Philadelphian. Anyway. Wow. So we watched it together and um, I thought it was very funny. And like, I also thought it was very accurate. It felt, uh, the accuracy of the show, I still feel like the set itself looks yes. like so many public schools yes, that I've like been inside ton- of. In yeah. <laughs> like I, I Googled it because I was like, they must have filmed this somewhere <laughs> in Philadelphia. They did not. Um, even to the point where there's a later episode where Ava goes in front of the school board and I'm like, well, that's not what the school board meeting. I agree. Like. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Which yep. is like, of course it doesn't like, that's not an important part of the film of like the story. It does feel important to me. Like, right. I agree. But it's like, because everything else feels so accurate that it was that's like right. almost jarring that it was like, well, this is much fancier than yeah. our school board headquarters. Um, well, especially since they name drop. And I don't know if you noticed too. I'm sure you probably did they name drop like actual Philly like places here and there. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The Oscars and they talk yes. about Barada and like yeah. Yes, there's a lot of restaurant naming and mm-hmm. also like I love the it. Eagle. There's like tons of like Eagle stuff, which is yes. very accurate for very Philadelphia. Philly. Yes, as my brother, my brother's always like Philadelphia's the only place where there's grown men wearing <laughs> football jerseys to the games. First of all, that is not true. It's not but true, but also, it feels like <laughs> in, more intense. In Philadelphia yes. <laughs> and like the in the first episode, Ava has an Eagle shirt on under her blazer. Yes. Um, so just those kinds of details, I think it was fun for me to watch it with my mom. And so it was like, I was already on the path to liking it. You know what I mean? It's like, yes. this has all the things that I like. And then it was, it just is very, I think the writing's very funny. It's it like, it is very much in the style of like the office and parks and rec, yeah. like the kind of like wink, wink, nudge, nudge sarcasm yeah. a lot. Um, but the, and also the characters are both very funny, but also feel like actual people <laughs> that I have met yeah. and or worked with yeah. in the Philadelphia public school. <laughs> I just yes. rewatched the episode where Janine, the main character, is like changing light bulbs and she has this terrible white loafers on. 
<laughs> and I remember being like, I feel like I dressed like Janine when I was a teacher. Cause it was like, <laughs> you're trying to look like sort of professional, but also you're standing up all day. And so you have to have like comfortable That's shoes. That's a good point. And I remember being like, man, this is probably what I look like to my kids. Like <laughs> she I walks got, like, into the room at some point and Ava or somebody's like, what are you wearing? <laughs> or Barbara. Yeah. I don't know. Barbara. Yeah. I think it's yeah, Barbara. It's Barbara. Yeah. What are you wearing? <laughs> and just like, she rolls right past it, but yeah. No, so I, I love that. In the beginning. <laughs> I love that. And, and you're so right about like, <laughs> this is going to sound harsh, but like, it's so true about like teacher fashion. Like I, I almost always know a teacher when I see one because their <laughs> their style is like just like off just a tiny yeah. bit. It's yeah. like trying to hit that intersection of like fashionable but also utilitarian at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And it never it's quite... a hard road to it's a hard road to bear. <laughs> yeah. I've been at so many happy hours, like post being in the classroom here in the city. I've been at so many yeah. happy hours and seeing like there's unintended teachers there is a yeah fucking lanyards gotta have the like right the fanny packs and shit and like yeah <laughs> i didn't yeah. have a fanny pack but now that you say it i wish i could go back i'm sure i'm I sure love you a fanny would pack. Yeah. um <laughs> but yes i agree with you the accuracy of the show like like i like i like grin i grin and sweat so hard when i like watch the show because like so much of it is like oh shit like this could be like so, so I'm like, I'm, I feel like I'm looking at university high or like, right. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Yeah. It just recalls so many specific places that I've been in, in the city. Yeah. Um, like you said, um, but also to like, you know, it's that hard thing of like, what I appreciate about it is also like what I know is like a criticism at times about the show is that I appreciate the, the figurative and literal light that it shines on being inside of a Philly public school mm-hmm. while also at the same time, like, some of my visits, observations, and experiences inside of those schools did not feel great. Um, yeah. But I know it's also true that, like, in all pockets of the city, there are schools that feel like Abbott Elementary. And I think that's really important for people mm-hmm. to understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think that they, <clears throat> we should talk very briefly about this op-ed. There was an op-ed written in the Philadelphia Inquirer. Mm. If anyone would like to read it, it is called Abbott Elementary Should Shine More Light on the Real Challenges Facing Philly Schools, an opinion yeah. by a Philadelphia public school teacher. Um, I will try to link it in the show notes if I can figure out how to do that. Oh, nice. Uh, thanks, Jerry. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. I can't guarantee anything, but uh, <laughs> basically the op-ed is like, it's not funny that it's not a laughing matter, the kind of like underfunding that uh, public schools in Philadelphia are experiencing and like it's racist, it's classist, it's the fault of the, you know, Pennsylvania State Assembly, yada, yada, like these are real issues and it's, we shouldn't just be like laughing about getting rugs from the Eagles. Um, And it really annoyed yeah, what me. What was your feeling? Oh, I yeah. was just like, I mean, I think my general takeaway is like, I have two main thoughts. One is, why are you spending your time, <laughs> your short and precious life, <laughs> writing an op-ed, complaining about a show that is bringing joy to yeah. many, many people, a lot of whom work in this That's extremely right. messed up system, That's like right. 
I've sent it to a lot of teachers that I know. I've just like the teachers that I know and I'm like that I see on social media love the show. I have sent it to teachers like my friends who don't teach in Philadelphia, who were also resistant to watch it because they're like, ugh, like I do this every day. Like I don't need to watch a television show about it, but they really like it as well. I think for the same reasons that we've talked about and I, yeah, I just don't know why there needed to be this, like, actually (laughs) it's not funny to laugh about this stuff. And number two, when you are in a school, even in these systems that have been set up to like fail the kids that are inside of them, there are real moments of joy and like fun and feeling carefree and like, you know, being a child. And I feel like the show does a good job of capturing that feeling of being inside a school, being inside a school community, not ignoring the fact that the system is failing them, Mm -hmm. but also showing that like, there are people inside who are doing really important work, despite the fact that the, you know, the systems are failing. And I think it's okay that we can laugh about that kind of stuff and like the characters that are inside of it. So those are my two hot takes. What did you think, Trey? Yeah, I mean, you know, I was like incensed when you sent me this iPad. (laughs) (laughs) And like for, I mean, I agree with all the reasons that you cited. I think I will have, I have like my own set of like adjacent reasons. One is that like, much like some of the other, like this this particular op-ed was in Philly Inquirer, yeah. which has been, from my perspective, has been running a spate of like white progressive op-eds about like what's going on wrong in the city and how to fix the city kind of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, one thing is, you know, one of my thoughts is just that when I'm tired of that type of conversation, um, like, mm-hmm. like this particular teacher who wrote the op-ed that we're talking about, and I, I looked her up and, you know, she, in some ways, very ironically fits one of the archetypes of the characters on the show, which is like, yeah, she's Jacob. a white young teacher who is new, <laughs> feels like they are likely newer than not to the yeah. nest of issues that are true that have been true for a long time in the, right. in schools in the city. I think she and says feels she's like for seven years or something. Well, okay, I'm I just saying on her nose. No, I'm not saying that's a lifetime. I just want to yeah, no, put it's the facts not. on the record. Yeah, I would like yeah. to know how all those seven years were spent. But yes, I, I'm sh- <laughs> <laughs> Okay, continue, Jay. <laughs> but so there's that where, you know, I, I it reminded me of back in the day when I had access and exposure to loads of newer, younger white teachers who were often yeah. newer to urban environments or Philadelphia's environment in particular. Like mm-hmm. they brought all the cultural sense of social justice and injustice into the system of their experiences and felt like they were the most responsible voice to like raise the alarm Mm. about what's going on. And I kind of roll my eyes a little bit about that. Mm. I also think too, like most importantly, like, you know, both this op-ed and an earlier one that we've talked about offline before too, is like, there's this, I really have a hard time with particularly the tension and dynamic of like, again, like white liberal progressive folks telling Black folks about what stories and what actions they are or are not entitled to take. Like Quinta is Mm -hmm. somebody who is native to the city, 
who has mm-hmm. developed a story from probably a realm of experiences that she's had, right. both familial wise and personally. If this is a story she wants to tell about Philadelphia public schools and about her interior experience to them, she should have every right to do so. Yeah. Um, and and but she's not failing the broader message of anything by not by not revealing the the everyday plight of the system. Like she knows it intimately right. well and has chosen to tell. I don't and I don't think. I actually don't think Abbott walks away from uh, shedding light on what's not working about various things that don't work about the system. So um, I think as a black storyteller and as somebody who has come up out of her own kind of set of circumstances, this is the way that she wants to talk about her origin place. And this is the way that she wants to contribute to the or her origin place, much like someone like Meek Mill, who has also come under a lot of Mm. criticism. And like, even if those folks aren't taking the actions that, you want them to take, they're entitled to, as people who are native to this city and these communities, they have every right to reflect back upon those experiences and take action in a way that suits them. Yeah. I'm really waiting for the Meek Mill tie-in to this show. I feel like it's- I know. I feel like, yeah, I feel like there's gotta be some reference at some point. Yeah. (laughs) Even if it's like, I mean, when I was at uh, the middle school I worked at a couple of years ago when dreams and nightmares came on at the school dance, uh, it, people lost their minds. <laughs> <laughs> Rightfully so. It's a great song, but like, yeah. it's a very specific reaction that Philadelphians have to that song. Yeah, um, we love our people. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's talk about our favorite parts. Mm, what's your favorite part? Okay. This is very parts. difficult for me to whittle down. Yeah. Uh, to like a scene. One thing I've already talked about, which is the infusion of Philadelphia references throughout the show. Shout out to Jim Gardner. The opening, I would say the opening of episode two, where they all are gathered around the television show watching six ABC action news with the theme song and Jim Gardner. It was just like, cause it's just like such a Philly thing to love that my mother literally would watch it every evening. Um, that one really, I was like, okay, I, I just love the show. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> the Philly references, yeah. the Philly references, I think are one of my favorite parts. My second favorite part is um, the accuracy of the characters. I think particularly Melissa, the teacher from South Philly. Yes. So spot on. Even like there's one scene where she's wearing those flip flops with like the thick bottoms. Do you know those kinds of flip flops? <laughs> that like this, I have seen teachers <laughs> that I teach wear these shoes. Um, so the accuracy is 100% there. Um, and I think my favorite character. Trey, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> okay, great. You're a <laughs> I was like, oh God, I'm going to have to learn how to edit. <laughs> I, I know. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, my favorite, my favorite character is uh, the character of Barbara Howard, played by- Yeah, Shirley Ralph. Shirley Ralph, um, who has a Philadelphia connection that I recently learned about and was very excited about. You didn't know this already? I didn't know that she was married to Vincent Hughes. Did you yeah. know that? Oh yeah, I definitely okay. knew that. Apparently uh, I was the only sure, person. Ralph I've like known for decades growing up. So yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Right. I mean, she obviously has been around for a long time, but the way that she, the, the, I was very excited about the Vincent Hughes connection. I think, cause I was just like, Vincent Hughes is like a name that I hear all the time. And just to know that she was married to him was like kind of mind blowing to me. But anyway, um, she, I think is like the heart and soul of the show. And she yeah. reminds me so much of teachers that helped me when I was teaching who yeah. I like looked up to and respected. And the way that she will like walk into a classroom that's like Janine doesn't have control of and she'll walk in and be like, children, please be quiet. And they immediately yes. are silent. Yes. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I have been there many times. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I think she is my favorite character. Trey, I'm excited to hear mm. your favorite character. But first, I want to say my favorite plot line, yeah. which is not really education related. But it is the budding romance between Janine and Gregory. <laughs> I do feel, I don't know. I love the like the Tariq character kind of being in the way and like <laughs> yeah. kind of a terrible boyfriend, but not like 100% terrible. You know, like, right. I don't know. It's like he's because he's still kind a of bad fit a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. Right. And I think Jacob actually explained it very well. Like, it seems like you may have outgrown this person, but um, yeah. But yeah, I just, I love a slow burn romance. So that's personally one of my favorite parts. Trey. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to comment about yours real quick okay. and then I'll, Go I'll for say it. about my. So one thing, you know, I've said this to you before and I've said to others before too. I really, I really want Cheryl Lee Ralph to win an Emmy for this role. And that's yeah. not hyperbole because I love, like, I think what's so muted and nuanced about her character is that. Like you said, she's very familiar. I I know specifically veteran black female teachers yep. like this inside the school system. And I know this dynamic that she shares both with Janine and with Ava, which is that mm. she's actually earned the real estate of respect inside of that building. And in many ways, it's kind of like her own de facto principle. But at the same time, yep. she has to both do this thing of being a careful, critical, but supportive peer to Ava while mm -hmm. also being the same type of, but different type of critical supportive peer mm -hmm. to Janine, while also yeah. like being a like, kind of like, you know, mother hen, so to speak, to the entire school population. And I think that's a right. very specific type of role that a lot of old, older veteran Black women play inside of schools who have, who mm -hmm. have these, you know, general, like we see over the course of the season, she has like, generational long relationships right. with the families in that school right and she is an institution inside of an institution and I think the the grace the power mm -hmm. the confidence the love and the care that Cheryl Lee Ralph taps into to play that role feels very real to life to me about uh, a lot of black women who uh, are in public schools and have a thankless role like literally yeah. every day so right. I, I really 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 love her character for that mm -hmm. um my favorite like my, I don't have a favorite plot line. Like, you know, I- Okay, wait. So we do have surprised. the same favorite character. No, that's not my favorite character. Um, oh, I just have a lot of appreciation. Okay, okay. Yeah. shout out. Um, <laughs> my, uh, I'm not surprised that this that's your favorite plot line. I actually think that plot line, as much as I love it, is like the least compelling part for me about the show <laughs> because, because only because it, it's the, it is the plot line that feels- so Xerox from the office, but it Pam, does feel Ron very Pam Jim. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm just, you know, it's great to see like a black version of that, but I also am kind of like, I'm, I'm assuming and hoping 
that maybe they'll do a, a, something a little bit different with it. I will say Tariq yeah. plays less of a prominent role every day in the show. Right, than, right, right. Uh, Ron's character did, which mm-hmm. helps a little bit. Um, yeah. But it's a very familiar storyline that we've seen. Um, my favorite plot line, though, or my favorite moment is actually uh, the episode that has to do at parent-teacher night. And mm. Janine, who is like this sanctimonious, like, do-gooder <laughs> inside of the school, really gets this moment of humility when she wants to kind of give a dressing down to this one uh, mother who hasn't, who mm-hmm. she thinks does not care and will not show, and is not showing up at from her standard to care right. about her uh, daughter's, uh, I think it's her daughter's um, education in school. Mm -hmm. And I I just think it's very like, this is why, like, this is one of the many reasons why I push back about that op-ed is that, you know, one of the things that you and I both know that is a popular take about not just, but as we're, as we're two Philadelphians about a lot of specifically black families in Philadelphia public schools is that the parents don't care. And I think this was such a direct and sweet way to show that like, despite the narrative that society wants to uphold about both the kids inside of these schools. Cause the other thing I think we're overlooking or didn't talk about too, is like how much this show shines a bright light in humanity on all these black kids inside of public schools. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. again, in the city, we have a very maligned attitude towards uh, black students and black youth yeah. in general. But mm-hmm. I really loved how that, that moment actually redirected like the moral compass about here is, here it is. We've kind of like been taught to fall in love with Janine and Janine's like, ever North Star righteousness mm-hmm. about trying to do good in a school and stuff. And then, you know, she gets a little comeuppance here about like knowing that like, yeah, the reality, again, an ingrained reality is that a lot of our Black family and Black family households are holding down a whole lot of other shit that, yeah. that when when you, when you let bias come into play, you're going to assume the worst intentions of them. And so I really loved mm-hmm. that small, like it was a plot line for that particular episode, but I love that like, two minute exchange between those characters. Um, because it also underscored too that a lot of where Janine was coming from was based on her own shit and that she was projecting on right. this mom. Right, um, right. But my favorite character, I think is like, I feel like it should be everyone's favorite character, which is Ava, which I is, I think is- <laughs> Yeah, I think Ava is brilliant. And I should have like, I should have taken the time to look up her actual name in real life. Um, oh, but wait, the I actress, right I think- Oh, great. Jen, wait. Janelle James. Ah, Janelle James, I love you. Uh, I think <laughs> she is such, she is, she is all the things that we've talked about. She feels very real to life. I've met many Avas inside of the <laughs> Philly public schools. And, you know, I've walked away from some of those encounters thinking, like kind of rolling my eyes and thinking somewhat snidely about them from time to time. But I mm-hmm. love how much this show has developed the full humanity of who she is. Like she is- right both the performance of incompetence, but also insecurity and also genuine goodness and also vanity and also like, right. like eagerness to like be, be shown and be told that she's got worth inside of this really weird, bizarre system. And also I think she speaks to a very real like truism about like Philadelphia and a lot of urban context, right? Which is that because of how knotted up all our relationships are, you can curry a lot of favor mm-hmm. because of gossip and, mm-hmm. and community context and relationships to like get roles and get jobs and get opportunities inside of the system. And I think that's one of the things that's that I really love about 
Ava's character is that she's forced to, pro- in many ways, protect the unearned spot that she got. While uh, Gregory right. is like left fuming to the sides around wanting to believe that the system should and indu- should operate off of meritocracy and um, right. like earned opportunity. And we know that that's not the case for the a case. lot of schools, a lot of systems, a lot of places inside right. of the city. I, I, Ava is a great character. I agree. But also um, she has some of the best lines. Like, oh my God. Yes. <laughs> one, one of my favorites is when uh, Janine has just confessed to everyone. Well, not confessed. I think she doesn't view it as a confession, but she says, you know, that Tariq is the only man that she's ever slept with. And <laughs> Ava's like, somebody give me a chair. That. Somebody give me a chair. <laughs> And they give her a chair and she just falls out of it. <laughs> and later she's like, I might need another chair. But it's just like, uh, it's so, somebody give me a chair. <laughs> she just, and her fall is like so perfectly done. Uh, but yes, she has some of the best lines. I'm rewatching it. She said something. Like something about like oh my god so she's like i need to get my tasty self out of here i don't know what 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 happened but she has yeah. some great lines she's like a doomsday prepper that comes out in one episode yes that's right that's right and she's like i don't know why more people aren't um anyway <laughs> great she's so great lines. great delivery yeah. i will great say great delivery hearing you talk about ava and gregory one thing that does annoy me about the gregory character is that mm-hmm. It seems like he's never taught, but is yeah. somehow, and I know that there are some alternative principal programs. Oh, really? But I've, but most of them require you have require you to have taught yeah. for like uh, at least some amount of time. Yeah. So the idea of him wanting to be a principal, but still being kind of like foreign to the school environment. Mm-hmm. It is like a little, I don't know. It annoys me a little bit, but I mean, I think it's fine for storytelling purposes, but it's the one thing that feels a little inaccurate. Like they could have had him teach two years or something. You know what I mean? Well, see my, my impression and maybe somebody who listens to us, like can like clue us in on this, but my read always with him was that he likely did teach, but just didn't teach in Philly public schools and was like oh. both new to the school and new to the city. Okay. And like, I think he, I think he was, I get the impression that he was trying to like maybe relocate professionally as a principal. Personally, yeah. As a principal and didn't get the job. But they, but they present him as like a new teacher who doesn't know how to teach, you know, like they do a little bit. I think that's, and I think some of that is set up because of the way the pilot is not in like, like a lot of TV pilots. I think they, Right. set a precedence that them. sometimes yeah they have to like correct over the course of the show right so i don't think you're wrong i just think like now they've tried to they probably have had time to flesh out the character a little bit more um yeah, yeah. that's fair i mean it's a small quibble in an otherwise fabulous show <laughs> it is a it, like i i really have grown to love the show like i you know i got caught That's up good, to speed. Trey. I'm uh, glad. I don't yeah. think we could maintain our friendship if you didn't like Abaddon. That is, you know, that is that is fair. And I'm starting to <laughs> I put you in the same box with this lady who wrote the op-ed. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> <Right>. Trey, no. <laughs> Sorry, what were you going to say? You're starting to what? No, I I mean I, you know, it's really I really pre- I I really appreciated especially as 
a black person who consumes a lot of pop culture and is often looking at it through a lens of race like it's it it has been it is such a rare gift for a show like this to come into the mainstream in particular right. and be unabashedly like good like and I don't mean good in terms of like the quality of the show but like it's orientation like, to wanting to tell stories yeah, yeah and 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 it's optimistic Popular. like I don't think we actually get a right. lot of shows I think Hollywood forces us to and I think because we're so aggrieved from being able to tell the true experiences of Black Americans mm-hmm. inside of society like I think we often feel an obligation to tell the hardest most biting versions of what our experiences are but I really appreciate, like, I, like, I can't, I really can't say enough, like, how much of a breath of fresh air a show like this is. And I think it's a big reason why it's resonating, not just in Philadelphia. Like, you look at social media and stuff, like, it's, it is legit a popular show. It's already been renewed for a yep. second season. Um, mm-hmm. Jim Gardner tweeted like, about it. Yeah, I think it's great. It's really great. And, <laughs> and the, in, in a city that is, like, beleaguered with a lot of unflattering narratives right now, like, yeah. It should never remove the fact that there are also positive narratives that are happening literally at the same time inside yeah. of the city. And I think that's really important for people to say. It's true. I really love this show. It's so lovely. I agree. I like look forward to Tuesdays because I'm like, oh, we get a new Abbott Elementary. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't happen yeah. in a lot of shows. It doesn't. Um, all right. We did it. We talked about we Abbott Elementary. Yeah. What? That's great. What a time. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> really enjoyed it. Um, all right, in our next episode, we are going to change worlds a little bit <laughs> from the world of public school education in Philadelphia to the world of private school education in some New England place I can't really remember right now. Um, we're going to talk about Dead Poet Society. Trey has never seen it. It's like a Germantown Friends follow up, too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be moving to Penn Charter. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh yeah dead poet society uh widely regarded as one of the most inspirational teaching stories that has been told can't wait to watch it yeah i'm very interested to hear what you have to say i haven't watched it in a very long time so i'm also interested to rewatch and see like i don't know if i've watched it since i t- may i must have watched it since i taught but huh yeah can't wait me either All right. I'll see you next week, Trey. Bye, Allison. Bye, Trey. (laughs) Bye.